pray. Please pray with me. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we praise you for your presence in this place. That is indeed why we are here, to celebrate the presence of God here on earth. Through the Christmas story, but in an ongoing way. So, Lord, we pray this evening, help us to experience your presence, your love and your mercy, and all that comes along with knowing you. We pray this in Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us this evening. I'm Pastor Andrew, one of the pastors here. If we haven't met, uh, thank you for being here. And um, if you know me, you know I like to laugh sometimes. And you know I like these guys called the Skit Guys. So we're going to watch just a little bit of a humor video to get us going tonight into the message today. Hey, Ed, come check out my North Star Christmas tree topper at Levitate's. Is this a gummy bear? Yeah, we lost baby Jesus. Hey, check out these LED lights. I have them synced up to a 76-hour all-Christmas music playlist. There's my little Christmas DJ. <laughs> so, are you waiting till Christmas is over so you can go buy a new nativity set when they're on sale? Huh? No, no, oh no. We lost baby Jesus like 11 years ago. Is, is baby Jesus always a gummy bear? Oh, no, no, oh, we trade it out every year. Yeah, like uh, last year it was a uh, tiny troll doll. And the year before that we used a uh, dog treat. They were the perfect size, but <laughs> Dalton kept faking them and eating them. You, you mean your dog kept stealing them? No, my son Dalton, he loves those dog treats. Especially the peanut butter ones. There was one year that we used a, uh, a doll head. That was creepy. We, we made a modeling clay, baby Jesus. The, the dog took that one too. Um, one year we got desperate and used an ice cube. That was a mess and a mess. Yeah, just seems like everything we try to replace baby Jesus with never lasts. Say that again. Everything we try to replace baby Jesus with never seems to last. And? And what? Say it again, slowly. Why? Just do it, dulcimo, slowly, do it. I don't understand what's happening. Just do it. This is getting weird. Dang Fine. But when I'm done saying this, you're gonna march in here and you're gonna watch my star levitate. Fine, 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 do it. Fine. Everything we try to replace baby Jesus with never seems to, oh, yep, there it is. Okay, Merry Christmas. Nothing can replace Jesus. Uh, maybe you don't have a gummy bear in the manger tonight, but man, doesn't it seem like it's easy to replace him? Or misplace Jesus in our lives? Or misprioritize Jesus in our faith? Or we often try to replace him with things that don't last, but as they found in that video, that doesn't really work. It's not the same. Or maybe we look at the world around us uh, with the war and the hatred and the polarization and the fear, doesn't it seem like the world has misplaced baby Jesus as well? And the life that he showed us how to live, his teachings, his ideals, the grace and the forgiveness that he offers us. Maybe you've not spent a lot of time in church before and this manger thing is a new thing to you, or maybe you're very familiar with this uh, and you like to come to Christmas each year and be refreshed on the Christmas story and the true meaning behind the season. But wherever you are today, I invite you to consider something important and foundational to our Christian faith. And that is God's presence. The 
promise that God is with us. Not in some obscure wah-wah-wah way, but in a very real and tangible way in our lives. God's presence is with us. So have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt the undeniable presence of God in your life? Where you might not have had words for it, or maybe years later down the road you look back and you say, oh yeah, I think God was doing something in that season, in that moment, in that experience. And now I know that feelings are not everything. God's presence can come into our lives and affect us whether we feel it or not. I fully believe that. And our feelings don't always tell us what is actually going on. Sometimes we feel things that are different than what the truth is. But having told you that, I ask you again, have you ever felt or experienced the presence of God in your life? There have been many times in my own life where I have experienced that. Uh, One of the most powerful times was the first time I worshipped with 200 high schoolers out at Riverside Lutheran Bible Camp, just a few miles north of town here. God's presence was undeniably in that place. And the first time that a small group of other Christians, they laid hands on my shoulders and they prayed for me because they cared about me. I experienced God's presence. And that's happened many, many times again as I prayed in small groups or with other pastors or with my family. Or maybe in times of grief, in the untimely death of my mother, I experienced a piece of God's presence in those weeks that came after that had nothing to do with the sorrow and the grief that I was experiencing at the loss of my mother. Or maybe it was worshiping at a conference 15 years ago with 20,000 other young adults and college students. God's presence was undeniably in that place. There have been many times, uncountable times, perhaps that's one of the reasons I became a pastor, right? Because I love to experience God's presence, and I love to see other people experience God's presence too. I've felt it, I've been aware of it, I've experienced growth and joy and peace and even healing in those moments, and I know and I trust that God has been doing things even when I haven't noticed, even when I haven't felt it, even when I haven't been able to put words to it. And I tell you today that God is with us in this place. God is present. He is steady. He is loving. He is faithful. God has promised to dwell with us through his Holy Spirit, and God keeps his promises. Even when we aren't looking, even when we aren't aware, even when we don't keep our promises, God is faithful, and he does. God is with us. In this Advent season, leading up to Christmas, we've had a few different themes to go along with the themes of Advent. The hope, the peace, the love, and the joy. And the first one was this. It was, God is our hope in a hopeless world. The world feels very hopeless at times. If you're anything like me, you've experienced that feeling. But we learn that God is the maker of promises. God is the fulfiller of promises. He does not make a promise that he does not then fulfill. God made promises through the prophets. Uh, We're going to hear a little bit from the prophet Isaiah here in a minute. There were those who proclaimed to God's people hundreds of years before Jesus came that God was going to send somebody, a Savior, a Messiah, to restore his people to himself. And then God made promises to Mary, didn't he? About finding favor and about this child and what he was going to go on to do. God made promises to Joseph, 
Simeon, Elizabeth, Zechariah, and many others in the Christmas story. And he fulfilled every single one of them. God is our hope. Because of his promises, they endure. Even when the world seems to crumble around us, God's promises do not, which means we can always find hope in him. God is our hope when we feel no hope. God is our hope when we see no hope around us. God is our hope when we have given up on hoping in all the things that tend to draw us away from him. God is our hope. And in the Christmas story, in this Christ child, we find the same hope, we find the same fulfilled promises today that they found 2,000 years ago. Because God is still keeping his promises, God is still fulfilling them, God is still with us. God is with us and he is trustworthy. God is fighting for us and against the evil and the sin that breaks this world and pulls us down. So today we find hope in God's presence. We do. A hope that does not go unfulfilled and a hope that endures to eternal life. God is our hope. The next thing we looked at was peace. God is our peace in a world that is warring. It is at war with one another. And maybe two or three years ago, we would say, oh, there's not a whole lot of war going on. I think we'd feel differently now than we did a few years back. Although there's always conflict, there's always unrest. And so Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah writes in chapter 9, he gives some names for the coming Messiah, the one who is going to come to save God's people and bring them back to him. One of those names is Prince of Peace. In Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, he says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And so the reality that God is with us through Jesus Christ and through the presence of the Holy Spirit, it's a reality that brings us peace. Because when God is with us, his peace is also with us. It's not always noticed. It's not always easy to feel that peace. But it's there. God promises that his presence will bring peace to you and to us. And if you are anything like me, you know how much that peace is needed. You know how much this world needs it. You know how much we need it. God is our peace in a world that loves to hate, a world that loves to divide, a world that loves to counterfeit. God is our peace. So may you experience his peace today because of the Prince of Peace, because of this Christ child. And then we talked about joy. We talked about hope and peace and then joy. God is our joy in a despairing world. Now, despair is when you've lost all hope. Despair is when happiness is very far from you. Some of you have felt despair before in your lives. The joy of Christmas is not always felt, though, right? We, say, we sing joy to the world, and we might not be feeling it when we sing those words. Sometimes that joy is overshadowed by conflict or grief, Sometimes it's overshadowed by the sin in our lives. Sometimes the circumstances that we're in are not ideal, and that joy is elusive, right? But in the promise of God with us, we find the promise that joy comes with his presence. That the joy that we long for, that we desire to experience and feel, comes with the presence of the Lord. Isaiah 9 writes about this also. 
in verses 2 through 9 of chapter 9. The people walking in the darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. So this coming of the child, the Messiah, the Christ that we celebrate on Christmas, this is one that produces joy. It's one of great light shining in the darkness. It means that the waiting for God's people 2,000 years ago was over, that this joy was going to break in, that this light was going to break in, that all of these promises that God had made to them that they were waiting for were going to be fulfilled in their midst. And it carries the same weight for us today. The rejoicing for us can begin because in Christ we find that the darkness in our lives cannot stand before the joy that the Lord brings us. Even the deepest despair that life can ensnare us in can be healed. It can be transformed. There is hope that we will experience that joy in a true way, in a full way, in a whole way again. So when we proclaim that God is with us today, this Christmas Eve, we proclaim the coming of light and the coming of joy through the presence of God in our lives. And then the last thing we talked about a week ago is love, that God is our love in a lonely world. I could pull you all and ask you if you felt lonely lately. I won't do that. Maybe in the last year at some point you felt lonely. Maybe right now you feel lonely. And I'd be willing to venture that well over half of us, maybe all of us, would raise our hands and say, yeah, I've felt lonely. I haven't felt the love that I desire to feel, a love that really fills me up at certain times in the past or present. First John in the New Testament tells us where we can find this ultimate experience of love and belonging. He says this, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. What do we take from that scripture passage? We take this. God has demonstrated and showed his love for us in Jesus Christ. From the baby in the manger, through his life, his death on the cross, and his resurrection. And when we come to know God, we come to know what love really is. We come to experience it. And when we experience God's presence, even when we're not aware of it again, because God works when we're not feeling it, when we experience God's presence, we are experiencing God's love. And God wants you to know that you are a beloved child of God and that you are not alone, even when you feel lonely. Because God is with us again, now. 
This isn't a 2,000 years ago story and then it ends. This is an ongoing story of God's redemption and love breaking into the darkness of this world. On a big level and on a very personal level for each and every one of us. God is with us now. He is in your hope and he is also in your hopelessness. He is in your peace and he is also with you in your unsettledness and in your anxiety. God is with you in your joy and in your sorrow and in your grief and even in your despair. God does not forsake his promise. He is with you. And in times where you are loved and in times where you are lonely or even depressed, God is with us. Friends, the reality of Christmas is this. We, we have Christmas, we celebrate Christmas because we needed help. We have problems and brokenness in this world and in our lives that we could not handle and fix and pay for by ourselves. We celebrate Christmas because we needed that Savior in a manger. If there was not sin in the world, that world would not need to be saved from it. If there was not sin in our lives, we would not need to be saved from it. And sin is evidenced in the hopelessness, in the brokenness, in the hatred, in the war, and all of the things that we see in our lives and in the world that bring us down and pull us away from God. These things are evidence that there is a problem. And in Christmas, the Christ child in the manger that we celebrate every year is the direct result of a world that needs a Christ, a Savior. We cannot fully grasp the joy that comes with the Christmas season until we fully grasp our need for that Savior on a very real and personal level. And it's not just that he came to save culture's sin or save us from society's sin or the neighbor's problems or our little brother's sin. He came for us too. And friends, this is the gospel. This is the good news for us today in Christmas Eve. This child grows up. He shows us what abundant life looks like. He affirms God's promises and God's laws, and he dies on the cross to pay for our sins and the sins of many. And then he conquers death itself in the resurrection. The gospel is that today, for Christmas, Jesus offers you the greatest gift ever given, and that is himself. So I pray that we would receive it, we would open it, we would embrace it. We would trust and find our hope our peace, our joy, and our love in the hands of the Savior that laid it all down so that we could be restored to him. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this Christmas story, and we thank you that it brings about in our lives a proclamation of the gospel, the good news, that whatever we're feeling today, the despair, the brokenness, the lack of peace, the loneliness, the hatred and the war. This gospel tells us that we don't have to stay there. It tells us that you are not a God that stayed distant from us. It tells us that you are a God who came to us and shown your great light in the darkness. So my prayer simply today, God, is this. Would you continue to shine your light in the darkness, in our own lives and in this world? Would you open up our eyes, our hearts, our minds to the reality of a God who loves us, who is fighting for us, and who has made a way for us to be restored to our loving creator. 
Lord, this is the reason for Christmas. It is the hope of the world. Teach us that God is with us. Amen.